time for another edition of Jonesing for Football. The 4th of July is in our rearview mirror, and NFL training camps are straight ahead. Bill Jones along with Cody Winstead. I'm in Dallas. Cody's in Philadelphia. And young Cody, we are now less than two weeks away from the Dallas Cowboys starting training camp in Oxnard, California. How are things in Philly? Yeah, everything's great. Uh, I was listening to the radio uh, yesterday, and they said Eagles training camp less than three weeks away. And so the talk on uh, Philly Sports Talk is not Ben Simmons anymore, finally. They've switched away from the Phillies. Now I think they're going full into football. So it's getting here, and uh, I'm ready to go. Yes, uh, and uh, the talk in Dallas was never about the Rangers. It's not about Luka. Well, it actually is about Luka now because Slovenia is going to the Olympics as Luka got him into the Olympic Games, and it's never been about the Dallas Stars here. It's all about the other star in this town, and that would be the Dallas Cowboys. And here's proof that football season is fast approaching. Cody, I got my copy of the Bible the Bible of high school football and college football in the state of Texas. It's been publicized for over, I think, over 50 years now, right at 50 years. It's Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. You got the, Is that the, yeah, Aggies? the Aggies. The Aggies are on the cover. And inside, this is where I, I go to every year. I first go to the Texas football super teams. These are the top recruits in high school football in uh, the state of Texas, and you'll love this being an Ohio State Buckeye. Yeah, who's the quarterback on that team, Bill Jones? (laughs) Because the quarterback on that team is one Quinn Ewers. There's a picture of him as you're watching on YouTube. Go to my YouTube channel. You can access it through CBS 11 Bill Jones on Twitter. And there's some other Ohio State Buckeye recruits on there. One guy in particular that I want to point out, he's a utility guy who hasn't committed to a college yet, but he is the son of former Green Bay Packer great Donald Driver. Christian Driver is on the super team. He's being coached by Jason Witten at Liberty Christian High School in Argyle, Texas. And here's another Buckeye for you, Terrence Brooks. Terrence Brooks, who is committed to Ohio State. He is the son of of former San Francisco 49ers safety Chet Brooks, and he is now playing for John Paul II High School in Plano, being coached by Mario Edwards Sr., who is just named the head coach there. Of course, his son, Mario Edwards, I think Mario is still in the league. I think so. Uh, and, and Edwards was a draft pick of the Cowboys. And the athletic director at that school is George Teague, the former Cowboys safety, as he is been promoted from head coach to athletic director. Also here in Dallas, John Kitna, the former longtime NFL quarterback, is a high school coach at Burleson High School in the the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So there's former Cowboys all over the place, Cody. How about that? See, I will speak on behalf of Buckeye Nation and say we're probably more excited about Quinn Ewers, our future quarterback, than we are about our current quarterback situation at Ohio State. So, yeah, trust me. Uh, I'm watching videos of Quinn Ewers all the time on Twitter. Can't wait until he becomes a Buckeye. And, of course, he was at elite, the Elite 11 camp in California this past uh, week. All right. How about, oh, I look at the sign over your shoulder, 
And it's the AFC North preview this week here on Jonesy for football. Yeah, that's right. Today we continue our divisional breakdowns, Dr. Jones, with the AFC North, just like it says over my right shoulder, which was the only division to get three teams into the playoffs last year. And I say it's very possible it happens again here in 2021. Dr. Jones, let's start with the Steelers. They are coming off a 12-4 and season, a division crown, but an epic collapse as well. Hit us with some Steelers talk. Well, Big Ben. Is Big Ben back? Yes, sir. Big Ben is back, okay? And um, where did they rank in rushing in the National Football League last year, young Cody? Dead last, they went, Dr. They, Jones. They ranked dead last, that's right. And so their first-round pick, there was some consternation among uh, some draft picks out there, although it was unanimous that they, everyone knew the Steelers were going to select Najee Harris out of Alabama. Uh, but there's so much talk that, oh, you can't take a running back in the first round anymore. Running backs get hurt, all that stuff. But they were so bad running the football. The biggest question mark that I have about the Pittsburgh Steelers is how do they replace the guys up front? on that offensive line. And one of the great stats uh, that uh, about Big Ben last year was that he was only sacked 13 times. And one of the big reasons that the Steelers were able to go 12-4 and four last year and make the playoffs was the, their sack differential. He was only sacked 13 times, and they sacked the quarterback 56 times last year. But what do the Steelers do to shore up their offensive line to protect Big Ben, get a running game established so uh, that they can control football games is one of the big keys for them, I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you could make the argument they lost three of their best offensive linemen to Castro, Villanueva, Pouncey, all gone. But they were bottom five in the league in pass blocking. I saw that. Ben wasn't sacked a lot, but a lot of that was those quick passes, and that, that he just got rid of the ball quicker, I think, than any quarterback in the league. As evidence of that, Cody, Yeah. how about Juju Smith-Schuster, who had nearly 100 catches last year? You see his yards per catch last year? No, but it's probably eight, like eight. 8.6 yards per catch for a wide receiver in this league. You're exactly right. There were so many dump-offs, and they need to be able to, to uh, throw the football downfield, and Big Ben needs time to do that. Let me talk about Najee Harris because you mentioned the running game. I've mentioned this in the past, Bill Jones. I think this is an opportunity for the Steelers to become a physical running team once again. They do not need Ben Roethlisberger slinging it around. It hasn't worked in Pittsburgh, and Bill Jones, that sets up. My win stat of the week. It's back. My <laughs> All right. Stat of the week. How about this? So Ben has won two Super Bowls with Pittsburgh. And in both of those seasons, he had 17 total touchdown passes. Wow. And so they don't need him leading the league in pass attempts per game like he did last year. Last year, 40 pass attempts per game. No one in the league had more than Big Ben. So Big Ben firing it around. It hasn't got the Steelers to the Super Bowl and won them a Super Bowl. So they need to go back to being a power running team. Najee Harris is the perfect guy for that. He is a beast, size, speed. Plus, he can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. And, of course, on uh, defense, uh, T.J. Watt had 15 sacks 
a year ago, as I mentioned, 56 sacks for uh, that defense. Uh, and uh, they've got a good enough defense to do what they want to do this year. And they, especially when you compare it with the bottom feeder in their d- division, the Cincinnati Bengals. Did you see how many sacks the Cincinnati Bengals had last year? Yeah, that's going to be one of my notes for the Bengals. <laughs> don't give it away right now, but they only had 17. You don't, 17 sacks. I could not believe that when I saw that. But anyway, you know, Pittsburgh, as it seems like every year, assuming they stay healthy, Pittsburgh, assuming Big Ben stays healthy, let's put it that way, uh, Pittsburgh is going to be a contender. Yep. And uh, just quickly, their ability to replace Bud Dupree, you know, that's kind of the one thing to keep an eye on there because, like you mentioned, they've got stars uh, elsewhere. Cam Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, TJ Watt, Devin Bush, Joe Hayden, Minka Fitzpatrick. They're still very legit on the defensive side, but Bud Dupree, he's gone. He went to Tennessee. One of the guys to keep an eye on, my guy, Alex Highsmith from the draft a few years ago, it looks Mm -hmm. like he'll be uh, the guy that's going to try to take the place of Bud Dupree, and I think he's going to be a nice player for them. Yep, I I like that as well. All right, which uh, team do you want to move on to next in the AFC North? Give me your thoughts on the Baltimore Ravens because – I think they're going to be a threat in the AFC once again. We've learned which formula works the best for that Baltimore offense, and that's heavy on the ground, obviously, led by Lamar Jackson and J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. Give me your thoughts on that uh, Ravens offense. Well, I think also one of the keys for them is uh, to stay COVID-free. That was one of the teams last year that uh, they were affected by uh, COVID uh, uh, throughout the season. And uh, Lamar Jackson, the talent is obvious as far as in the big playability, running the ball as well as setting up uh, the pass with the run and so forth. I just, I still wonder about him uh, in terms of, the postseason, his passing ability, his accuracy in big games when they they have to be able to throw the football to win a game. I wonder about that with uh, Lamar Jackson a little bit. But J.K. Dobbins is a guy who I thought was a great draft pick uh, last year in the second round, and I think he's going to have a big year. You know, they added Sammy Watkins to their wide receiver crew and I think a guy who was who at the time I didn't think was a great draft pick for them, and I think it's proven out a little bit here the last couple of years, is Hollywood Brown out of my school, Oklahoma. I, I, mean, I love his talent and everything. I question whether he would stay healthy because he, he wasn't healthy. It wasn't any major injury, but nagging injuries, and he wasn't as polished a receiver uh, as C.D. Lamb was in college at OU. Uh, I've always I, I thought Mark Andrews was a great pick, uh, another OU guy at tight end, and he's proven out in, in uh, his time in the league. And as you mentioned with the Steelers, they added Villanueva up front at tackle. They lost Orlando Brown, who's now with the Kansas City Chiefs, so that was a big pickup for them. I'll let you hit on um, what, what you want to talk about with them, but then with John Harbaugh, uh, he's one of the best coaches in the league, and there's a reason. One of the reasons I think that the Ravens are uh, a perennial contender, as far as the playoffs go, is what their front office does and what John Harbaugh does, setting the tone for that team. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Lamar Jackson, just quickly, thirty and seven in his NFL career. How about that? That's really, really strong. 
But you make the point on him being able to throw the football. Can he get back to that elite level of throwing the football that he had when he won the MVP in 2019? Last year was a good year, but it was a step back for Lamar. So can he get back to kind of that elite level of throwing the football? That'll be key. And you also mentioned- And one of the things on that is, is I, what I wonder about that, I think the offseason is something that is very important, especially for a young quarterback, but really for any quarterback. I mean, we saw it last year with Brady, and it was much talked about how much he got his guys together in the offseason. Uh, and, and that's for a 40-something-year-old, okay? For a young quarterback, you can't diminish the fact that Lamar Jackson did not have that offseason to work with his receivers like he did the year before. Because think about how much he improved from the year before, how awful he was in the playoffs against the Chargers the year before throwing the football. And he was so much improved because you know he set his mind to it and the work ethic was there in the offseason to improve his accuracy throwing the football. And so I think from that standpoint, it could be a a, a bounce back year from what was, as you said, a step back uh, as far as his passing goes last year. Yep. I'm glad Lamar got a playoff win last season because, you know, that was kind of the knock on him. I'm glad he just got the playoff win out of the way. And now everyone's going to question how far he can go, but at least there's some proof that he can win in the postseason. Let me just hit that offensive line because I think the trading of Orlando Brown was just a brilliant move by the Ravens. And in another example, of how their front office just always seems to be a step ahead of everybody else. So they moved Orlando Brown to the Chiefs, who were in desperate need of a tackle. 25-year-old pro bowler, great young player. But the Ravens already had Ronnie Stanley and had committed a ton of money to him. So they move Orlando Brown for a first-rounder plus more. They get multiple picks back and... Then they don't have to pay Orlando Brown, who's coming up on a contract extension. You know what they do? They just steal Villanueva from from their rival, the Steelers, and boom, they just replace him like that. And so that is, again, a very smart move, I thought, by the Ravens. They always seem to be making these types of moves. They also added Kevin Zeitler, three years, $22 million, a very team-friendly deal. And so the Ravens offensive line to me looks like it's going to be right back where it normally is. And that's pretty good. We just got to hit quickly on their defense, Bill Jones, because can they put enough pressure on the passer? I think uh, that'll be interesting to see. We know they're one of the highest blitz rated teams in the league. I think they actually led the league in blitzes last year, but they do have to replace Matthew Judon and they also have to replace Yannick Ngakwe. Both of those guys have left town. So uh, we'll see if they're able to do that. First rounder, Odafeo Way from uh, Penn State. A lot of pressure will be on him to fill that void. Coming off a zero sack season at Penn State, we'll see if he's able to have uh, some sacks. I was actually listening to Wink Martindale um, yesterday uh, on, on YouTube, and he was saying how uh, Owe, he didn't have any sacks at Penn State. But he said he is, it's very rare to see someone disrupt a game as much as Oway did. And so, again, we'll see if that transition uh, works well for the Ravens coming to the NFL. And uh, with what they have in the secondary at cornerback with Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters especially, you just put a little bit of pressure on the quarterback and uh, good things are going to have happen as far as takeaways go. The other thing that they did, 
not only getting Oway in the draft, but they also got a, a first-round wide receiver in Rashad Bateman in the in the draft this year too, by virtue of picking up that extra first-round pick uh, from uh, Kansas City. Uh, they were able to satisfy a couple of needs. So here is an example of a team that year in, year out, is a contender for at least a division title, if not more, because they do the right things. And getting back to Orlando Brown, they knew they could not have two franchise offensive tackles on their team. So they got rid of Orlando Brown when the getting was good, so to speak. Yep. And he still had time left. And, uh, and so, and, and it's a great pickup for Kansas City as well. Yep. All right, you want to move on to the Cleveland Browns? Let's do it. I'll start, Bill Jones, because I've done some roster evaluations and I've determined that no quarterback in the NFL has a better supporting cast than Baker Mayfield. <laughs> They're running backs, one of the best groups in the league, multiple pro bowlers at running back, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Same thing for the wideouts, multiple <laughs> pro bowlers, Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham. Tight end, you guessed it, pro bowler, Austin Hooper. And their offensive line is terrific, one of the tops in the league, if not number one. And guess what? They have multiple pro bowlers as well. So I counted seven past pro bowlers on the Browns offense alone and a couple guys that will probably eventually be pro bowlers. And so that puts a lot of pressure on your guy, Baker Mayfield. Doc. My guy. That's your guy. <laughs> He's not my guy. He's your guy. Well, that's because he planted his flag in uh, your backyard there in Columbus, Ohio. He'll I, never be my guy from the moment he, you're right. He planted the flag at the 50-yard line at the horseshoe. He was never going to be my guy from that moment on. You know, when I, I looked at uh, the Cleveland Browns, I agree wholeheartedly. We'll talk about the defense as well and what they've done over there because he's he's got pretty good supporting cast on that side of the football as well. Correct. Uh, and a lot of investment over there. But when I looked at this division, okay, you, do you trust Roethlisberger even at his age? If Roethlisberger had Cleveland's team around him, what do you think? They would be really good. Okay. Yep. Lamar Jackson, you trust Lamar Jackson? Um, more than Baker. Okay, that's where I'm getting at here. Yep. And and a former yes, Joe Buckeye Burrow. I trust Joe Burrow Bayou more than Baker, too. Yes. That's right. So the one question mark on this team, I think, is Baker Mayfield. And we, we see really good things from him, and we have also seen really bad things from him. And a lot of it has to do – the bad things have to do more so with when they did not have that offensive line in front of him. He was better this past year because he was better protected and everything. But I really questioned – one of the things that – that he was able to do in college, it wasn't processing so much. It was making things happen when under duress. It was a Romo-like quality uh, at the college level, Johnny Manziel-like, where he was able to buy time, whatever. That kind of stuff doesn't work in the NFL uh, on a consistent basis. You might be able to make a spectacular play here and now, but you're going to get sacked a lot too, or you're going to be throwing the ball away. And that's what was happening a lot early in Mayfield's career. So the progress that he now makes from having a decent year this past year is going to be critical 
to Cleveland doing what they want to do. The other thing I want to point out, I'll let you talk about this defense, is Kevin Stefanski. I think the head coach is a really good young head coach, uh, and he's been successful as a coordinator in this league. He's already been successful with a Cleveland franchise that's just been through so many different head coaches in there recently, especially. Yep, I love Stefanski. I'll hit that defense, Bill Jones, because they're loaded there as well, as you mentioned. Jadavion Clowney comes over, and so now your ends are Clowney and Miles Garrett. That's strong, I would say. Um, I would say so. Yeah, I think that's strong. So, uh, but I also like Tommy Togiai, one of the uh, another Ohio State guy that they draft as well. I think he's going to be a good guy in the middle, one of the strongest players in the NFL, even though he's just a rookie. The big question for them on defense is that linebacker spot. But we think, and I think I'll speak for you here, we think they may have drafted a stud there in the second round, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa from Notre Dame. I know we both liked him. He fell all the way to pick 52, Bill Jones. What do you think about him coming to the NFL and how he's going to be able to kind of find a spot? I think, assuming he's healthy, and that was one of the reasons supposedly he fell in the draft from a from a probably would have been a mid-first rounder to a mid-second round selection, 52 overall to Cleveland, is I think in the NFL, he's a tweener between a safety and a linebacker. And in those nickel and dime packages, they're going to find a role for him. Uh, and he's going to be a playmaker right off the bat with this Cleveland team. He's into a great situation, especially because uh, he's got so many veterans around him. And they can, they can pigeonhole a particular role for him as a rookie. He's a very bright guy. He can handle more than that. But you can, you can ease him into a sub-package situation. Uh, and also being a second rounder, first rounder, you know, you basically need to play him more snaps or whatever. You can you can bring him along a little slower if you want to, uh, depending on how much he can handle uh, and use him more effectively being a second round pick than a first round pick. And so I, I think he's he's a big addition to that defense. And keep in mind, they also got a, a long cornerback and Greg Newsom in the first round that helps their defense, too. It's funny you say. Owusu Kormo is a tweener. Why isn't that just considered versatile? That means you can play yeah. multiple positions, right? I think it's so like you can look at it the negative. I don't think I don't I don't look at it as a, as a negative anymore. Once upon a time, it was a negative, right? But I think a tweener is uh, is something that uh, a defensive coordinator should be relishing. But I think that's also one of the reasons he fell in the draft as a first round pick. You have to be able to sell whoever's making the final decision that this is how you're going to play this guy. And you really don't know, with a guy like him, you really don't know how he's going to fit in until you get his hands on him. And I think the Browns probably love what, they, what they're what they seeing out of him. Yeah, we got to hit their secondary because they are stacked. Denzel Ward, Troy Hill, and you mentioned Greg Newsom at corner. That could be the best group of corners next year or two years from now. That could be the best group of corners in the league. And they also have Greedy Williams. He's a former second rounder. He had some depth there. And their safeties are equally as good. John Johnson comes over from the Rams. He's one of the most underrated players in the NFL. And they have Grant Dalpit. He was a former second rounder as well. He missed all of last season, but he's got a ton of potential. So the Browns secondary is young and talented. And Bill Jones, I know which week one game you're most excited about. 
Thursday, September 9th, Cowboys yes. at Bucks. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Yes. For me, the week one game I'm most excited about is Browns at Chiefs. The first Sunday of the season, 425. That'll be a really good measuring stick game for the Browns. And will it be anything like the time when Baker Mayfield faced Patrick Mahomes in college and it was a 66 to 59 Oklahoma win over Tech or something like that? I'll be producing an NFL Network show that week, and I can assure you we will have that video ready from that game (laughs) to uh, revert back to you. Want to hit the Bengals real quick? Well, and speaking of that game, one of the prominent players, two of the prominent players in that game are featured in the backfield for the Cincinnati Bengals. That would be Joe Mixon and Samaje Pirine. Mixon Mixon is one of the most underrated backs in this league, and the reason he's underrated is because he plays for the Bengals. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, Cincinnati, I'm on record, Bill Jones. I think they're winning seven games this year, maybe even eight if things fall their way. I have them as one of the most improved teams in the AFC Uh, They've had five straight losing seasons, but there is some optimism or there should be some optimism there in the Queen City. Obviously, you mentioned it. Joe Burrow should be fully healthy, recovered from that knee injury last year. I think he takes a huge step forward. They've added plenty of weapons for him. They've got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and of course, Jamar Chase, the uh, former LSU Tiger, the obviously teammates with Burrow in college there. So they're putting Burrow in a position to succeed, and I like what Cincinnati has cooking. Sure, they're in the toughest division probably in the league, but they're getting better, and uh, I'm excited to see Cincinnati. And uh, one of the draft picks I'm interested in watching is Joseph Osai, the defensive end out of Texas, who was a third-round pick. And maybe not this first year, but I think he's got some potential in this league. And they picked up Cheeto Awuzie, the cornerback from the Cowboys in a free agency. All right, Cody, I know you're up against the clock. You've got a, a, probably one of those uh, confidential NFL network conference calls. You've got to get on because it's the training camp season where it's fast approaching. So what are we going to talk about next week on Jonesy for football? Yes, Bill Jones, we got some breakout stars. I've already started my list and I'll give you a hint. One of the guys on my list plays in the AFC North. I didn't talk about him much on this edition of Jones Team for Football, but trust me, I'm going to have like a six-page write-up ready to roll for next week when we uh, get into that topic. All right. I cannot wait to hear who that person might be from the AFC North. We appreciate you joining us this week on Jonesing for Football, and we will see you next time. In the meantime, I'm going to be reading the Bible a lot this week, the Bible of high school football in Texas. Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine.